One of my favorite movies is a movie that came out in, in 2008, and it's a very popular movie. Most people maybe have either seen it or heard of it at least. It's a movie called Gran Torino. It's going to put out in, in 2008. I'm a little hesitant to even preach about the movie just because well, the rating is, it is rated R. But for the Catholic kind of rating for it, it's rated L. What does that mean? There's different ratings. If a movie's O, that'd be called morally offensive. You're just not called to watch those movies. Uh, but L would be kind of limited audience. And the reason that it's an L is because of the, the language. Uh, but it's probably a true language of how people, how this person spoke. You see, it's a story of a, a character named Walt Kowalski. Uh, who, grew, who was growing up in a, in a very small, kind of in a, in a neighborhood, so actually supposed to be the neighborhood of East St. Paul. But because of tax laws, they decided to film it in Detroit because it was better tax laws for, for Hollywood. But it's based off of a, a, a Polish, you know, kind of, not immigrant, but someone who's grown up in this neighborhood, a Polish neighborhood, and new immigrants moving in uh, from the Hmong community. You may or may not know this, but the greatest... Uh, a population of, of Hmongs, at least immigration-wise, in the whole world, is in Minnesota. So I don't know if you guys knew that or not. So this movie is kind of based on this and, and changing dynamics. Uh, but the movie starts, actually, of all places, in, in a Catholic church. And it starts with Walt's uh, funeral for his, his wife, so now his, his widow. And there's a 26-year-old priest up there preaching, thinking he knows everything. Yeah, maybe I identify with that in my early priesthood a little bit as well as it came out in 2010. And I was, well, a 26-year-old priest doing a lot of funerals at Epiphany up in, in Coon Rapids. But eventually the movie moves away from the, the Catholic Church and into the neighborhood. Walt's children, by the way, have pretty much, well, turned away from him. And the reason for that is, number one, Walt has a very rough exterior. Walt is a Korean War veteran. And he thinks, and, and the principals are black and white, and his kids don't really agree uh, with that. And so Walt essentially now is all by himself. And not only all by himself, but the neighborhood is changing. Changing in a part that he doesn't recognize it at all anymore. Well, one evening he busts his neighbor Tao trying to steal his 1972 Grand Torino. Hence the movie's called Grand Torino. And if I'm ruining the movie for you, it was put out in 2008, all right? You had plenty of time uh, to, to watch it, all right? So I'm not going to go through the whole movie, by the way, either. But uh, Walt busts how trying to, to steal his Grand Torino. He thinks this no good kid, this, this, this Hmong gang, they're nothing but trouble. And his heart becomes even more hardened. Eventually in the movie, Tao is trying not to join the gang. He doesn't want to do this, but he kind of feels forced into it. And the gang comes and tries to make him join again. And the gang made a fatal mistake. They went onto Walt's lawn. And if you know anything about, well, older people sometimes when it comes to their lawn, especially in East St. Paul, that is a mortal offense to the point that Walt took out a shotgun and said, get off my lawn, right? But he saves Tao from going into the gang. The next morning, Walt wakes up, and once again, there's a commotion outside of his door. He gets a shotgun. He's ready to, to be very confrontational, and he opens his door. 
There's a bunch of Hmong food and flowers being placed on his front porch. And he thinks, what is going on here? I don't want any of this. Well, one of the, the neighbors, her name is Sue, Tao's sister, comes over and says, Walt, you are a hero for the neighborhood. You stood up to this gang. Well, Walt proceeded to continue to throw away that food and to throw away those flowers. He wanted nothing to do with it. But eventually, Walt starts to see, he starts to see this monk community in a different light. He's invited to, to a barbecue, and he said, I don't need to go. Then he realized he's out of beer, and Sue said, we have beer over here, and that's always the way into an East St. Paul's heart right there when you say there's a beer over here. So he goes and has a beer. He has some of their amazing uh, Hmong food. He breaks a bunch of cultural uh, things that he's not supposed to do, but something amazing happened as he is welcomed in. He's welcomed in now by this Hmong community. Once again, later in the movie, Walt's able to, to save Sue and Tao. And so we have that same scene happening, that same scene where people are bringing him food because they see him not only as a hero, they see him as someone in need. And Walt at this time goes out to the door without a shotgun. And he's like, no, 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 no more food. And then he opens up and he says, oh, it's the chicken dumpling one. Come on in. And all of a sudden, the food starts pouring in. And there's this transformation in Walt. He now feels loved. At first, he thought that the Hmongs were the immigrants, or the aliens, the foreigners. But it turns out he was. But that he was accepted in. And that eventually, he accepts them in. And he sees them truly as his neighbors. Not his old neighbors. They've all moved out. But his new neighbors. To the point that what does he do? If you see in the movie, you know. He loves his neighbor. He loves Tao as himself. Giving up his life for him. It's a beautiful movie. It's a beautiful image of love. Of course, we hear about this today in our readings. There is a connection, I promise you, right? Our, for, our gospel reading is the Pharisees once again trying to trick Jesus. What is the greatest commandment? And the greatest commandment has to always be the greatest commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your mind. But the second one, the second one is well. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And we see this even not only in the New Testament, not only in the gospel, not only Jesus' message. We see this as well, even back in Exodus, where this, this law was given uh, to, to Moses. And it says, You shall not molest or oppress an alien, for you once were aliens in the land of Egypt. And it goes on not to show any wrong to any widow or, or orphan, but truly to love your neighbor as yourself. My brothers and sisters, this is a very basic message. We know it, but it's a message we need to hear and a message we need to live. We as Christians, we as Catholics, truly believe that every single person in the world is created by God. 
by our God. And if that is the case, if that is our belief, then we have to treat them how? As brothers and sisters, because they are sons and daughters of God. And if we have any hate towards them, what must we do? We must root that out and we must see them for who they truly are. Daughters and sons of God. This is something that is radical to the Christian religion. This is something, though, that is so true. Truly loving each and every single person as our self. And yes, there's going to be differences. We, we, we know this. There is cultural differences. There is, there is theological differences. There is political differences. There is origin differences. All of this is true. But what also is true is that they are all created, each and every one of us, in the image and likeness of God. And so the question we must ask ourselves this week is when we see that, that, that stranger in the grocery store, or we see that, that person on, on TV, when we watch the news, whatever it may be, is there hate that comes into our heart? Or is there love? We live in a polarized world. There's no doubt about this. But we also know that we're not called to hate our enemies, but we are called to love them. Jesus says this in a different part of the scripture. What good is it? What's strange about loving your friend? Even our enemies do the same. But to love your enemy as yourself, that is what can set us apart. And when we do this, what's going to happen? We are going to be transformed. Once we go back to that, that fictional story of Walt Kowalski, he is transformed. And through this, love is able to take precedent. He's able to love his neighbor as himself, but also be loved by those who may seem strange to him. And so we need to do that as well in our own life. Loving our neighbor as ourself. Being transformed by this love and transforming others into what? Into community that we may truly see each other as brothers and sisters in Christ.